Scott Sullivan. Adam St. Germain! <laughs> it just sounds like static. <laughs> and it's crazy, right? <laughs> It just sounds like static. Okay, I believe or, I believe the technical issue has been eliminated. I mean, I'm gonna say fifty percent chance. Okay, Adam St. Germain. Before uh, we started, let me adjust my level here. Before before we were talking, uh, not recorded. Uh, you mentioned a, a reason why you were in Idaho recently. A couple of days ago, I saw you posting that you were in Idaho. Good friend of the podcast, Commissioner. Matt Newell lives in Idaho. You both work for the same company. You both had team building events. He was flown out of Idaho and you were flown into Idaho and you were trying to explain the logic of that to me. Let's take it back one more time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, team, team building event. You know, it's, it's important to choose a, a location that uh, is good for working, but also feels like a reward and you know maybe it's nice to visit so we went with sun valley idaho sun valley idaho and what like what's what do you do in sun valley idaho what did you do while you were there uh it's great bicycle riding it's uh, a little te- we were technically in ketchum ketchum is like right at the foot of the mountains i don't know what mountain range don't ask me um, <laughs> we have to google that yeah <laughs> use the google machine but it's like right at the base of the mountains there's like tons of outdoor stuff to do we uh, we hired a fly fishing guide uh, one evening and went fishing on the river. Uh, That's awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah, stayed at a stayed at a nice uh, nice hotel there in town. Oh, you caught a fish like the size of an index finger. That was the first one I caught. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> a little that. bit bigger than it, than an index finger. It was like an <laughs> index finger plus a knuckle. Okay, maybe. good. And then uh, I did catch I did catch a second fish after that. That was like. I mean, it was still a very small fish, but it was a little bit bigger. It was like seven inches, the second one. Nice. So, Solid. But, uh, but fly fishing, don't be fooled, harder than it looks. <laughs> There's a technique to it that uh, is not it's maybe counterintuitive. Well, it's not counterintuitive, but yeah, it's just a technique. And there's, I mean, there's quite a few techniques and there's a lot of patience and understanding the speed of the water. Like mm. you're looking for... You don't want slow water because the fish are not in the slow water. And you don't want really fast water because they're not they're probably not there. You want this like medium paced water, which is where the where the fish are. So you gotta get your fly into that water, which is obviously a little harder because now you have to cast with accuracy. Man. But that's like a metaphor. It was good. It was- <laughs> it's like a metaphor for my whole life. I want the medium paced water. I want that medium you need that medium <laughs> water. Medium water. They call it like fish. Fishing the seams, which is like where the two, the different paces of water come together. Nice. That sounds cool. I never did that kind of fishing. We, I think the only fishing I remember doing, uh, I don't know, I guess we would go deep sea fishing off the Cape when I was a kid, me and my dad, mm. where you go out on the boat and they, they chase the fish that way, I guess. We've no, I've never done that. One of the guys I work with does that like regularly and, and goes out for tuna. And he catches these like monster fish, like 160 pounds, 180 pounds. Like, yeah. They're just gigantic. I guess they can bring you to just the right spots where it's like much easier to be successful. <laughs> yeah. He, he go he goes with a friend. I mean, they, they know what they're doing. So, um, but fly, fly fishing was awesome. man. it's like time disappeared. Like <laughs> the, the, uh, the guy we're driving over to the spot and he's giving me the rundown. He's like, yeah, you know, for the first hour, probably won't catch anything, you know, we'll, we'll do this. And then for the second hour, you know, we'll work on this technique and then like maybe in the third hour, but definitely in the fourth hour, we'll catch, we'll catch some fish. And I'm like four hours. <laughs> Damn. And then sure enough, like we're out there, we're doing the thing and t- time just disappeared. And then suddenly it's like nine 30, it's getting dark and we're, and we're catching fish in the dark because they're just like jumping out of the water. It was crazy. That's amazing. Did, were so, any of the super, other super cool. uh, in the canonical talk show universe? There are a couple of other s- specialized uh, characters. There's the guy with one leg. Was he on this trip? Ah, he was. Nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I can't remember. I know there were at one point we had a few other canonical characters. That's the only other one I can remember right now besides Newell. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Patrick was there. Uh, I don't know who else we've ever had, but. Um, yeah, it was good. It was I think, good. I think way back a few episodes in, the diligent listener may recall there was a small short episode where Adam tried to record an episode while getting kicked out of a hotel. 
And there was a few other specialized people involved in that call, I feel like, at one point or another. Oh, but. Patrick was definitely in there. Actually, I think Newell was in that call because <laughs> they were they were trying to kick me out of the room. And then ultimately, they ended up putting me back into the room that they kicked me out of. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, we listeners go back to the very beginning of the archive and you'll find a very confusing episode <laughs> that we're describing. I mean, that, ex- that experience was very confusing. Let me tell you. Let <laughs> me tell you. So, so hey, one important... Oh, oh ahead, okay. I, I feel like we can't go any further. It's been five minutes and 51 seconds, and I have not said, you are now listening to the talk show. This is a podcast. Uh, it's the summer school edition, I've decided. Uh, oh. And my co-host, all the way from the Ferris wheel in Vermont, is the big ass tree of podcasting, Adam St. Germain. I'm the what of podcasting? Big ass tree. Oh, the big ass tree. Big ass tree <laughs> of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reference intended to segue us into a topic. <laughs> yeah, you know, I lo- I love the cold open where we just dive right in and then we and then we forget to start the show and then we go back and start the show. It's great. It's good. We it's also good. have managed to avoid. Our always unplanned first segment, which is arguing about who made the show start late. <laughs> well, um, which I now think that you bring yeah. you bring it up. I'm I'm going to say uh, equal opportunity today. Yeah, because, uh, I had I had given you the time, and I woke up early, so I I got in I got in late last night. I got in at eleven uh, or eleven thirty, and then I didn't get to bed for a little bit. Now, anybody that's listened to the show in the past knows that I'm usually in bed and asleep at nine thirty. <laughs> so, <laughs> this was a big change for for the gentleman. Big departure, plus airline travel and everything. So, anyway. I woke up pretty early. It was like seven. I was like, "Oh, cool! I got I got plenty of time." And then as I like came downstairs, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not, you know what? I'm not getting up yet. I'm gonna lay on the couch." So I lay on the couch, <laughs> went back to went back to sleep, and then I woke up again, and I was like, "Oh no, it's nine oh five. I'm losing <laughs> points because I know that's how you think. You're like, I'm losing I, points right now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. First thing I did was text you. <laughs> <laughs> I I was a few minutes behind, but like mostly just because I had to connect cords. <clears throat> to the recorder that I didn't do last night. <clears throat> and then uh, I called you. I felt very proud of myself because I was like, I texted you. You texted back that you weren't ready. And I was like, that defaults all points to me. I'm now winning. And then proceeded to have 20 minutes of technical problems trying to get the show started. So who knows? Yeah, it's a draw. You, then you then you seeded all points. And uh, <clears throat> I, I think it's net-net for the day. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it even. So that's segment number one that we always do, debating who gets points for delaying the start of the podcast. For, but, for those for those curious about the official rules of the uh, uh, talk show podcast points algorithm, uh, you can contact Scotty at talkshow.com <laughs> and he'll run you through the 43-page uh, uh, document uh, of how the points are calculated. I should add a page to the website with rules for that and just we can keep tacking them on over time <laughs> turn it into a very be, long document it'd be good it'd be good because you know <laughs> rule, rules are very important and and really rules uh <clears throat> the irreverent road ride for as uh wild and loose as it is it has two very important rules <laughs> and what are those adam uh, two very important rules number one uh is that you need to ride the course as it is prescribed for to count as a finish <laughs> and number two is you need to ride said course as it is prescribed and finish before midnight. Mm. And if you do those two things, then it, then it'll count uh, as a as an actual finish. There's some other sub rules in there, like you need to start and finish on the same bicycle. Oh yeah, that seems fair. Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> we've had in the past someone change bicycles mid ride. <laughs> How did they do, like? Uh, they live there, I guess, or they had a vehicle with another bike somewhere along well, the route. Uh, it was it's um, uh, many time uh, IRR participant, Mr. Jeff Price, and we were going through this rather technical section. He crashed. He broke. Yeah, are you playing brain. with tape cassettes right now, like old style tape cassettes? No, I was picking up a, a power cord. Okay, I just I enjoy. Whenever you're making extraneous sounds, I enjoy to try and guess what they are. That's just part of the podcast. <laughs> so, so Jeff, uh, Jeff crashed in the woods, broke his bike frame. Oh shit! <laughs> uh, he was he was okay. He was okay. 
And then um, he was about a mile or so from his house. So he went to his house, <laughs> dropped off his broken bike, picked up his unbroken bicycle, and he continued the ride on said unbroken bicycle. And so this guy, you know, maybe could have sued you, and what you did in exchange was remove him from the finisher's list. Well, I think after that, I mean, after all that, he didn't finish the ride anyway. So oh, okay. That, that's, then you're not as cruel as I thought. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No. But also... There's people. So this year's ride, it was uh, 148 miles. It was 18,000 plus feet of climbing. It was 78% dirt roads. Dang. And it's a lot and, of dirt. A uh, <laughs> lot of dirt roads. A lot of dirt roads. And uh, a number of people rode most of the course, and they did finish before midnight. So, like, really admirable efforts. Very impressive. Um, but ultimately, they went the wrong way on a one-way road. <laughs> and uh, Would you – now, my question about this, it, for listeners out there, IRR, this is year at number 11. Adam's been doing this for a long time. Since we've been doing the podcast, we always do a recap episode, which is what you're listening to now, essentially. And uh, the the nuance of, of – I'm just – I've never been able to participate. I wanted to this year. had travel issue travel budgetary issues about that. But um, anyway, the, the thing about it is you send these people, I think, you know, within a day or two of the event, the course, right? Yeah. So the ride is always on, the ride is always on Saturday. And normally I send the course out on Friday, the Friday before. Uh, but this year I was a day early and I sent it out on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Now, so they had, they had additional planning time. There are there there this year were I'm aware of I, I just from your social media two particular areas where maybe the instructions were unclear or what what happened were the instructions unclear or what happened there was there was the uh, one way street and there was a big ass tree which is why you were the big ass tree of podcasting this week <laughs> yeah so like look let's take let's take the one way street first okay. So you come into Montpelier, by the way, capital city of Vermont, the only capital in the United States of America that does not have a McDonald's. <laughs> also, I think people probably assume it's Burlington unless they remember from studying their state capitals that it's not. Yeah, sure. Right, right, right. Yep, yep. So it is uh, it is Montpelier, this, which is actually it's a fun game. Allie and I like to play in the car is if we can name all 50 capitals. Mm, usually, I, I usually do pretty well. I'm in like the mid forties. I don't, I don't think I've ever gotten a hundred percent. There's some I'm thinking of right now. I couldn't tell you, <laughs> but what well, maybe we'll do that as a bonus episode sometime. <laughs> we should, we should, we should. But that, anyway, so you come, you come into my pillar, you, you, you drop through, um, from the high ground up to Hubbard park and you come down main street, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's the main street through my pillar. You turn right onto Langdon street, which is a one way street. Off of Langdon Street, you turn into the parking lot of Onion River Outdoors, which is a retailer in Montpelier. Uh, they sell specialized bicycles. They sell outdoor stuff. They sell running shoes. Cool store. Now, here's where it gets tricky. We had a cooler full of drinks at Onion River, some snacks. People got dinner, lunch, whatever. Now, you're supposed to leave the parking lot via the, the other little alleyway on the other side of the parking lot called Hazen Place, back to Main Street, back on your way. But er, almost everyone did. <laughs> it was well, right was, against the one way back to the street. Right. So, they, yeah. went into the, they went into the parking lot, got the cooler, <laughs> went back out the one way, the wrong way, back to Main Street, and continued on their way. <clears throat> A deviation of maybe less than 100 yards. I'm going to say 60 meters, <laughs> 60 meters. At uh, most. Yep. Yep. So that was problem spot number one. And <laughs> almost irony, feels like it was included to be a problem. <laughs> I know. Like looking at it after the fact, I feel like it looks as though I did it as a trap and I, and I didn't, uh, but I do take, I do take access in roadways uh, seriously. <laughs> and so like when I, when I plan the route, I always make sure that people are on roads that they should be on. They're <clears> on places <throat> where they have access to, we don't use 
uh, trails that don't have bike access, et cetera. So I, I take that part pretty seriously and therefore take traffic signs <laughs> seriously. <laughs> and if it's a one way, you, you know, you should go the right way. <laughs> okay. So that so was that, the one way was, street that caused problems for a lot of participants. I, I understand. I, w- I will say I did take great joy in sitting on the porch uh, outside Onion River, watching people not go the right way <laughs> and not telling them. I didn't tell anybody. <laughs> You're like, this is, this is going to be a fun little surprise for them later. Yep. Yeah. Now that said, I did, I did watch a, a few people uh, specifically leave, turn around, come back into the parking lot and then go the correct way. Um, so there was that, uh, but yeah, it was fine. So it was like mile 85 of, of 148. Damn. Um, <clears throat> all right. So later on, there was the big ass tree and you, and you come down this class four road, double track Jeep trail thing. And then there's this gigantic big ass tree across the way that there's plenty of room for you to go underneath and, and continue on your way. Most people did. And then they clambered down this like gully that was a shit show, which is short. It's only like 50 meters. <laughs> the couple of people that did go around the block in Montpelier for whatever reason decided to go around the big ass tree <laughs> on this on this little ATV trail that just like looped around it and spit you out on the other side. So technically, the technically they left the trail. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> which is which the whole the whole reason that's important is that if you stay on the class four road and you go under the tree, you're on the legal public right of way. So you have access there, you're you're within your bounds, you're where you're supposed to be. If you leave the class four and you go around the tree, you're now on private property. You're not you even supposed not have, to, yeah. You could get shot you, at, it's Vermont, it's rural Vermont, who knows? <laughs> could be, yeah, or somebody could high five you. It could go either way, unpredictable. <laughs> Very unpredictable. Yeah, so so it's, it's uh, you know, then you're you're where you're not supposed to be. You could get you could get ticketed. I mean, it's a whole thing. So anyway, <laughs> I think there's a picture on your short-handed shovel social media, or maybe it was in a story. I don't know of the tree, but the tree is documented. I believe the tree is definitely documented. <laughs> it is, um, yeah. I'll, I'll post it again today, just so it's fresh uh, in the in the column there. But did anybody said, do the correct one-way street and? the correct tree and finish by midnight. Where is there anybody who did all of those things? No one has done all three. <laughs> that is there was, there, that's a bummer for, for those who came close and probably did one or two of those things incorrectly. Well, and then I, and then I think now there's a caveat here because I think there might be, there's a couple riders that did do both of those things correctly and did finish before midnight. So hats off. Well done. However, they opted to start the ride 45 minutes early and mm. therefore were disqualified. Now, why did they do that? That seems like a strange choice. Well, because they're smart individuals. So kudos to that because they're like, this ride is going to take all goddamn day. We're not going to wait until 6.30. <laughs> we're ready now. We're going to go. <laughs> <laughs> and and kind of, I think, part of the spirit of the IRR, I, I, it's not my thing. I'm speaking for you, I guess, but it does sort of seem like part of the spirit of some of these little rules is who fucking cares? You had an adventure, right? Like <laughs> that's the that's the whole thing. Look, I'll tell you, if there's, you know, people are like, oh, well, that's that seems like that seems shitty, and I was like, look, if there's ten things that you should do at the IRR, finishing the thing according to the rules is number ten. Like it's the lowest priority. It doesn't matter. It's so stupid. <laughs> you're, you're there to explore rural Vermont. With a sense of humor, <laughs> and hopefully have yeah. a good, hopefully have a good time, meet some nice people. It's, it's a whole thing. You meet people. You get, you know, maybe maybe you get a twisted tea out there in the middle of the woods in a random cooler. Maybe you maybe you drink river water because you're so thirsty. You know, it's like whatever. It's fine. It's fine. I was hearing I was hearing stories like people were looking for water at one point, and they're just like asking people that were out gardening. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's, they're like, yeah. "What are you guys doing?" <laughs> That's a tough explanation to give back. We're like, "Well, uh, so it was a success." Uh, I think you know it's the first year back to an uh, official event after a two-year hiatus, so that was cool. Um, and people seemed really excited. I think we had about fifty-five people show up 
uh, on the day of, which was good. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a success. But to the point, no one that I'm aware of officially finished IRR 11.0. <laughs> However many partook. How many people, many, how many of the many 55 partook. arrived at the finish line at some point? Do you think? Oh, uh, <laughs> Which is another way of asking how many people abandoned at some point out of the 55. Yeah. Uh, well, they all had to come. I mean, they all had to go back to the finish line just to get their car for the most part. A hmm. couple people. Yeah, not many. So a, a couple of local guys just ultimately at some point decided to go home. <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you know what? I'll get my car tomorrow. I don't care. Um, and then I know a couple people called for a pickup at random points, uh, but most people made it back to the finish line. Whether they took a shortcut along the way is a different story, but, but most people made it back to the finish line. Some people finished as late as three a.m. Damn. And are you like at the finish line until everyone's accounted for? Is that kind of part of it? I hold vigil until twelve. Yeah. AM. And then after 12 AM, you are officially no longer part of the IRR. You <laughs> are on been, your own. You've been released from your involvement yeah. in IRR. You've been released. Uh, cause the insurance policy is just for that one day. So, <laughs> which, so we, which we won't drag onto the air for more than a second, but there was an issue where you thought maybe it wouldn't be insured this year due to some technicality and that got cleared up. Yeah, so the the technicality is that they don't like to uh, they don't the insurance company doesn't like to have a gap in the years of insurance because it it just calls into question what happened during those two years. Gotcha. So like, did you have a different provider? Was there an incident? Was there et cetera? Um, but uh, due to the fact that there was ultimately no event and there was no insurance, it was it was fine. Nobody and it was a global insurance. pandemic. I mean, a lot of things took two years off. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's all. That's all it came down to. And there were there were IRR events to so so to speak in the last two years, but they were more of a you know un no mass start, put it that way, right? There was kind of like yeah, no no group event. So there was a route yeah. that existed, but there wasn't a uh, official day and start time. Well, that's great. I, I, I think like this continues to be a fun thing to talk about because there's always uh, some aspect like last year you had a guy finish it the prescribed route on a road bike which was the first time maybe ever that's been done first time ever and it took him some crazy amount of time like 26 hours <laughs> it's just, just barbaric in and of which itself i threw out all the rules because he did the whole thing on a road bike i was like well it doesn't matter that it took him longer like that counts props <laughs> yeah. and he, and in doing so, he nullified everybody else's result. That's right. That was the the caveat rule from last year was if one guy can do it on a road bike, everyone else is eliminated. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You've been you've been you've been eliminated. Apologies. Thank you for participating. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming by. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's fantastic. So, will there so will there be an IRR twelve? How do you feel about that after eleven going down? Uh, well, I will, uh, because no one listens to this podcast, I'll tell you the truth. Um, <laughs> That's not true. There's at least a few people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> all, when the new episode comes out, they're going to be like, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's going um, to be a very startling thing to see in the feed for some people tomorrow, but that's okay. They'll be like, this This can't be right. I thought, so, those, um, thought those fuckers were dead. I don't know. All right, here's the thing. Here's Here's the deal, okay? I don't know what happened, and I must have said something at some point where I was like, ah, this is the last one I'm going to do. Number 11 is the last one I'm going to do. People do because, listen to this podcast. I think you said it on this podcast, <laughs> but anyway. Oh, may, maybe, maybe. So uh, it, it, throughout the day at, at number 11, throughout the day, people were like, is this really the last one? Is this really the last one? And I just, you know, I gave a very vague answer because – it's IRR. We're vague about everything. <laughs> true, rant. true, true. Um, and uh, uh, so then I just kind of let the rumor grow. And then I started posting about it. Hashtag the last IRR. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, but, my, but my theory is, uh, yeah, there'll be another one. My theory is that I'll just let people believe this is the last one. Then when I post the entry for next year's, they'll think like, oh, this really is the last one. And people will, will be eager to participate. <laughs> or you so, could, or you could like, you know, 
really go hard on the it's back from the dead kind of angle or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's a lot to play with there, right? Like it's um, Raspy Pizza, which is a massive event in northern Vermont. Good friends of uh, good friends of ours. And they posted about it, about IRR. They had really nice things to say. And they were like, maybe this will be like maybe this event will be like a phoenix and rise from the ashes next year. And so, like, then people are commenting on it. So now it's, like, taking on a life of its own. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we'll uh, have to see. We'll have to see. I'm going we'll to I'm make it to one of these if I, if I can pull it off. Although, I think you challenged me to do a different event. But is it in proximity to IRR if it were to happen? Uh, that... It'd be, like, a month or five weeks before. Oh, that's too far apart. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't, you couldn't double dip. No, I'll and, have to figure that out. I mean, the the physical impact of the two things you probably wouldn't want would not would not be good for a person's constitution. No, 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 no. Yeah. So, so last thing on IRR because we got a couple other quick topics, but last thing on IRR, something happened. You to the listener, these are you know how would you describe a class four road? These are like, can you really drive a, a vehicle on them? And to the point, I think you did. Oh, oh yeah. Actually, we should hit on that. So. um Yes, you can drive a vehicle on them if it is a essentially a four-wheel drive off-road equipped vehicle. So it would be a lot of people would refer to them as Jeep roads or Jeep trails. Um, they are they vary. Like some of them aren't so bad, uh, but some of them are like wildly rough, and the only people using them are people on ATVs or Jeeps. Gotcha. So there, there's a there's a spectrum, but in terms of classification, they all fall into the same classification of uh, class four, which is essentially that they're unmaintained by the town that they're in. And during the course of IRR 11, did your truck suffer a near fatality? I'm glad you brought that up because I almost forgot. Yes, it, it did suffer at a near, a near fatality. <laughs> we were, we're coming through. So at mile 85 in Montpelier, after enjoying a, a wonderful burrito from Mad Taco, sitting on the back porch, drinking a liquid death seltzer, watching people screw up the course. Uh, <laughs> two riders that work with me at Specialized, but two riders decided they'd had enough and they were going to take the short way back, which actually wasn't that short. It was like 40 miles. I said, I said, why don't you guys just ride in the truck? You need to hang out with me. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, sounds good. Which at this point, I had been in the truck by myself for nine hours. So like having some company seemed like a good idea. <laughs> So, so they jump in, we follow the course. We're like driving sag, high-fiving people, checking on people, making sure they're okay. And then we're going through, um, one of the, probably the third to last, uh, class four sections, which is pretty rough. And we get to the top of it and I press the brakes and the, and the pedal goes to the floor. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh, this feels different. It's like, this is that, this is not good. Now, one of the guys that's with me is from New York City, and the other one uh, is from Salt Lake City, but, you know, neither of them have really been off-road in a vehicle before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're already a little wound up just because of the terrain and some of the mud that we had gone through. And, and uh, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to tell them uh, about this brake issue. <laughs> and, and so we, I, we, I proceed to drive the truck out of the woods downhill in, uh, in low gear, and we creep our way out of the woods and then down the road for a minute. And I pull over. There's a pull out. And I say, I say hey, I just got to check something real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to alarm them. Don't want to alarm anybody. So I jump out, you know, open the hood. Uh, there's like, you know, the, the reservoir, the brake fluid is really low. And I'm like, ooh. I was like, that's, that's a problem. Uh, so I say, hey, guys, look, there's no brakes. And they're like, what do you mean there's no brakes? I said, well, there's no brakes. They thought I was joking. <laughs> which is you know that's on brand right like yeah this, this but, guy's having a laugh with us <laughs> but i'm like no no seriously there's no breaks and they're like well, what are we gonna do i said well you know randolph the town of randolph is like 20 15 20 miles away we're gonna creep our way down to randolph uh we'll go to the store we'll get some fluid and then worst case we'll call AAA. we'll get towed like we'll figure it out right no big deal <laughs> so so we do that so I have the have the hazard lights on, blinking. I'm I'm creeping along at 15 miles an hour <laughs> down the road. The truck's covered in mud. There's like branches stuck to the roof. It's a mess. Like it looks. Everything like a seems mess. everything seems problematic about it to a passerby. Totally. I'm sure. 
there's two bikes on the back on the rack, right? Like we're creeping along. So we get to we get to Cumberland Farms, just pull into the gas station, go inside and get an ice cream, uh, chip witch, you know, two chocolate chip cookies and ice cream, and um, and a bottle of dot fluid, brake fluid, and come back out. And I'm like, all right, let's climb under this thing. Let's figure out what's going on. And there's fluid coming out of one of the rear brake drums. Mm. If anybody if anybody knows anything about brakes, there should not be any fluid inside the drum. So, <laughs> This is a problem. So the fact, yeah, the fact that there's fluid coming out of the drum is bad. And so I'm like, okay, well, here's the problem. And uh, I'm like, hey, here's what we're going to, before we call AAA, I finished my chip witch. Very important. It's first step. And <laughs> you got to get the chip witch in because that's going to provide a lot of valuable nutrients and, cool, right. and the that's coolness right. that your head requires when problem solving. Ice cold, baby. Ice cold. <laughs> So we so jack the truck up and then and then get the rear wheel off and I'm like I'm looking at the drum and I'm like I think in my mind we decide that the piston inside the drum has pushed outside of itself and fluid is coming out of it so if I can take the drum apart I can then push the piston back together reseal it put it all back together and we'll be good to go <laughs> so, so I'm I'm confident we're gonna be able to figure this out so we break out the tools I'm hammering on it literally to get the drum off, we get the drum off, pull it apart. It is what I thought the problem was, but the piston hasn't come out. The seal on the piston has a rip in it and fluid is just like, just coming out of the seal. <laughs> I was like, well, Again, can't fix that. not good. Not good. So I'm like, hmm, I don't know what to do about that. Then one of the guys that was with me in the truck, John, he starts chatting with this guy at the gas pump. This guy comes over and he's like, "Oh, hey, you got a little, you got a little truck problem." I tell him what's going on, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, you got vice grips." This is my favorite thing about mechanically minded uh, individuals: is your problem was an exciting opportunity to them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh yeah, he was. This dude was so psyched to help out. He's like, he's offering to go run to his house to get stuff if we need anything, and uh, you know, we're talking through options. But ultimately, it comes down to this guy, Bruce which I, I'll put, I got to post a picture of Bruce. So Bruce, uh, he goes, you got vice grips? I was like, yeah, of course I got vice grips. He's like, you got zip ties? I was like, yeah, we got zip ties. He's <laughs> like, all right, here's what we're going to do. He's like, you're going to go under there. You're going to find the brake line that runs to that rear brake. You're going to clamp the vice grips onto it. You're going to zip tie the vice grips closed so they don't pop open. And then you've essentially isolated that rear brake and the brakes will feel brand new. <laughs> so and I was like, all right, man, let's do it. So I jump under there, clamp the thing, zip tie it, duct tape the, the vice grips to the axle so they're not bouncing around. And and then he he takes the bottle of dot fluid. He's like, all right, jump in the truck, start it up. He's putting dot fluid in the reservoir, filling it up. I start the truck up. It repressurizes the system. And the brakes, Scott, feel better than they felt in months. They felt so good. <laughs> uh, Bruce. <laughs> so I was like, damn, Bruce. It's a little applause That's for Bruce. Right. That's <laughs> right. Bruce Bruce definitely gets the applause. All in all, the fix, the actual fix, once we knew what the problem was, 30 seconds. Took 30 seconds. <laughs> Done. So then. What a, okay, what a now, beautiful IRR moment. Bruce fixing the brake line with the like weird ghetto solution that actually was fantastic, it sounds like. So it, get, it gets one step better, one tiny step better. So we're chatting with Bruce. We're putting the truck back together. He's telling us stories about like how he's used this fix in the past. And at one point he had a truck with three vice grips on it. He only had one working brake, like all these things. So, <laughs> Don't want to know that kind of, but okay, good. So, so cool. So I'm throwing the, I'm putting the tools away. I'm getting the truck back together. And then whoop, the sheriff rolls in. <laughs> and she, and she pulls, she pulls right in front of my truck, blocks me in, rolls down her window. She's like, Hey, you got a, you got a little truck trouble. And I said, yeah, I said, here's what happened. You know, the brake went out. Uh, we chatted with this guy, Bruce, local guy. He helped us out, gave us a fix. We got it all squared away. It feels really good. And she goes, oh, did you pinch it off? <laughs> <laughs> she was going to tell the, you the same fix? Yeah, she knew the fix. She totally knew it. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we did. It blew my mind that she knew it so quickly. Instantly. And, uh, <laughs> instantly. Instantly. Do, do, do you suspect, as I do, that Bruce has maybe also taught her this trick at some point? <laughs> Well, no, I asked her. I said, listen, I've never heard of this. I said, I said I'm said, i amazed that, that you knew it so quickly. 
I was like, why, why does everybody down here know it? And she told me, she's like, oh, I went to automotive school. Oh, <laughs> I was like, all right. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got go, it. Go off so, queen. <laughs> yeah. So she, so she was super dialed. So then she, so then she's chatting with, with John and stuff while we're, while we're packing up and um, she was super nice and uh, we get everything packed up, ready to go. High five the sheriff, get in the truck and then drive, drive <laughs> back, back out onto the course to see some of the riders coming down the hill in the dark. Uh, the final hill in the dark and uh, give them some water and then meet them at the finish line. All worked out. Everything's good. The truck though uh, still has vice grips on the rear brake. Cause they haven't fixed it yet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that is now, granted. I, I was in Idaho for most of the week. The parts are on the porch, so I, I will fix it soon. Yeah. We're not, ju- we're not judging, but that uh, don't, don't, dr- judge. don't, don't drive judge. that around too much in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyhow, there you go. That's, that's great. Uh, Love it. That's, uh, that's IRR. It's always IRR thing. 11 in the books. Could be the last one ever. Don't count it Could out, be. though. Who knows? Could be. So uh, we're, getting, we're getting on in our time here for today, but we got to talk about one thing we talk about on the podcast, stupid goals. What are our stupid goals for the summer, Adam? We've been off the air for some time. I know you've been doing some some stupid stuff of your own, but what are you, what are your stupid goals for the summer? You got any? Uh, yeah, you know, I don't I don't really have any at the moment. I've just been like chipping away. Um, we I do have some like specific strength number goals, but they're not due uh, until like March. Mm. And so that's like just certain weights and things like that. So um, slowly chipping away at that, but I. I don't think I have any stupid goals at the moment. Okay. I'm doing, I'm doing some rowing this month because you challenged me to very stupid. Um, <clears throat> but Which you know, you're, a thir- you're third of the way done already. Third of the way done. Uh, I think you, what was the challenge of 5k, a 10k and a half marathon in the month of July? Yes. So 10k should be this week. I was going to do it today. I don't know if I'm going to get to it because I spent this morning having tech problems with my recorder, but I'm definitely going to row today, whether I do the full 10 or not, because I have to. Did you do, did you do the 500s yesterday as planned? No, I got distracted. I, I, yesterday was very distracting. I hung security cameras around talk show headquarters, um, just like a, you know, basic home security system stuff, like a doorbell cam and stuff like yeah, that yeah. at my wife's request. And, uh, Tech, I don't know. I'm bad at everything technical, so like it just took me longer than it would take a normal person to do that. So, well, speaking of Idaho, Newell was was spying on me on his doorbell cam as I was returning things to his house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he sent you our text thread uh, a picture of you in front of his house that just said, "I think Adam's breaking into my house" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which was rich. So, I like that. So that was funny. So I saw Newell on the day I arrived to Idaho, and then I saw Newell on the day that I left Idaho. I actually saw him in the airport. <laughs> and during that time, I went to his house and in his garage, but at no point uh, did I ever spend any time with Newell in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so strange. Um, so, yeah, specialized. I mean, we, had, we did have we had dinner together on the first day. So. And so he went to California to like the headquarters while you were in Idaho. Is that what it was? No. No, they went to Southern California. Oh, okay, cool. And then I saw, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, he went to like the Top Gun house, uh, which looked like a, tur- a tourist uh, thing. And they have like the motorcycle out front and like the whole deal. I did not see that. I have to look that up. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I got to ask him about it. I don't know if it was like just near where they were. I, I was a little confused about it, but it looked pretty cool. Have you seen the new so, Top Gun movie? I have not. I have not no. either. <clears throat> I did go to the movie theater a couple times recently with my son. We saw the new Minions movie supposed to be good it was good and uh, i'm totally blanking on what we saw before that uh it'll come back to me but anyway we've been to the movies a few times since you know a long movie drought due to the pandemic and it's still a yeah, little nerve-wracking but you know it's I don't okay think i've been back to the been back to the theater yet but i've been on a flight so i've watched a bunch of movies <laughs> there so. you go <laughs> Yep. Okay, quick, quick t- travel topic. Um, as the listener will know, Adam travels for work a lot. That stopped for a while during the pandemic, but it's back. What has, I'm just as a curious person, what is your experience of travel been recently in terms of how are people behaving? Are we seeing a lot of masks off? Are they still even required on? I don't think they are. No, uh, masks are no longer required in the airport or uh, on the flight. 
And what are you, what are you uh, seeing say, out there? How, how are people rolling? It's like 50% <clears throat> masked to unmasked. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm still in the mask camp. I feel like <laughs> yeah. know, somebody asked me about it. They're like, oh, do you, you still you still travel? You know, you wear a mask when you travel. And I'm like, look, I made it this far uh, wearing the mask and, and I haven't gotten sick and things have been going pretty well. So, like, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Seems to be working for me. So. <laughs> I think that's fair. I, I feel like uh, we could have that whole topic. I don't want to, like, go on record saying anything specific about masks other than you should wear them in any place that, you know, it seems like it'll keep you safe. And uh, But I just think planes is, like, such, like, I mean, I'm almost like, why would I? I don't know if I can back the statement up, but I almost feel like maybe the mask forever on planes. I mean, planes are so gross. That's what I said to Allie. I was just like, I think I'm just going to wear a mask in the airport. Like that's it. Like that's just what you do. I'm not talking it about seems- everywhere in the world or everywhere in life, but that little tube of recycled air is not great. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm all, I'm all for it. And, uh, but yeah, cause the air, you know, the plane feels like relatively clean. Airports just never feel clean. They've never felt clean. So no. you know, I'm I'm cool with that. I can I can deal with it. Um Yeah, it's it's um I'd say in Idaho when we were there, I don't think I don't think Idaho people believe in masks. I don't think I saw any. <laughs> so from what I've very, from what I've learned about the culture of Idaho, that seems to jive. Yeah, it, it checks out. It checks out. Yeah. So that 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 um I saw very few masks in Idaho. Mm. Uh, it's basically oh, turned into that here in Austin. I'll say too. Austin was pretty good with the masks during the height of, I would say the, the peaks. Uh, and every time we'd have a Valley, you know, the peaks and valleys, I mean, spikes of the different variants. Every time we'd have a Valley, the masks would really start dropping off like 70% off. And then we'd have a spike and you'd notice like 90% compliance again. <clears throat> We're firmly in the like less than 10% people masking oh, wow. and it's it's uh, if you go to the heb or the target uh near my house it's um i still mask when i go into those environments uh largely because i still take care of immunocompromised people yeah sure um who are at higher risk but i'm i get lots of i get looks people look at me a little bit weird like because they assume maybe i'm actively sick but out and about or something i don't know oh yeah 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 yeah. Uh, so you get a very low mass compliance here as well yeah it's vermont i think vermont is still like on average you know in the comparatively i think they're still higher but it's probably like 50 percent when you're out and about the grocery store and those things so yeah you you just gotta you know you just gotta make decisions that make sense for you right if you're somebody who is young and healthy and you feel confident and you're not frequently around other people who you may present a risk to, I, you know, do whatever you want to do. It's a free country, but I think people have to be aware that them getting sick can have ramifications for other people than themselves. Right. Yeah. Well, you just take them horse tranquilizers. You'll be okay. <laughs> That's right. Just, Oh man, we haven't done a Joe Rogan segment in a while, but I haven't, <laughs> I, I kind of just, I've deleted him from my awareness. Really. I don't listen to that podcast anymore. Really kind of check in with him. But uh, well, it's not it's not even on. I don't even know where to get it anymore. I believe you have to be a Spotify uh, subscriber. I oh, think. it's on Spotify. <clears throat> yeah. So Spotify bought exclusivity to his content, the video and the audio <clears throat> for a hundred million dollars. That sounds like a bargain. <laughs> and at that time was when he also moved to Austin at the time of that deal, because as an Austin resident, he saved about 30 million uh, that would have been because oh, of taxes. Taxes, yeah. Ah, I see. I yeah. See. So he did a big tax dodge by moving here. <laughs> so, well, I res- mean, respect. Look, I mean, hey, it's his. You know, it's his choice. His money. If I if I was under that big of a tax burden, I too would be moving to Austin, Texas. I think that's how so. he felt. I think he was just like, I, <laughs> you know, this is a big chunk of money. Like, am I going to give that much of it to California? Right. Which presumably he has some political, uh, you know disagreements sure, with sure i would imagine got some opi- you guys have opinions about that you know <laughs> i've heard the guy has all a good. few opinions it's all good yeah enough about him up. uh i don't know adam we talk about food sometimes on the podcast last thing i was going to ask you is it, we talked about like a lot of the the grilled summer treats on the last episode when it was actually winter i'm not sure how that happened but <laughs> hey what, man hey, it's always grilling season okay yeah but what do you always like grilled. to grill from the vegetable side 
of 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 the menu? What what do you like to throw on the grill, veggie wise, in the summer? In the veggies, I don't. What have you been grilling? You been grilling any veggies? Nah, I don't grill in veggies. Sweet corn? You don't you don't grill up some sweet corn? We boil the corn. Ah, have yeah, you ever it tried grilling it? It's pretty good. I have. I have. Yep. Pass. Actually, I think if I was going to grill a veggie, if you if if you, if I had to grill a veggie. Or if I was going to opt to grill a veggie, it's going to be asparagus. Oh, asparagus is good grilled. Throw a little dressing that you like on there. It's delicious. We have an asparagus patch here at the house. Nice. Um, So we got fresh asparagus that is delicious. And uh, yeah, there you go. I would do that. Asparagus. Sign me up for asparagus. I forgot that in your your recent phase of... uh, CrossFit living, you're you're part of a tribe that that considers vegetables, uh, you know, less than. I mean, obviously they're less than. <laughs> you see those vegetables? They're so weak. You guys are you guys are all lactose and steak. It's just steak and lactose. You got you, you heavy cream because you because you can't even oh. have cream in your coffee. That's bullshit. It's got to be heavy cream. I was just I just saw this article that I want to read, and it talks about um, it talks about drinking milk and how if you're an adult that just has a glass of milk, how it's super creepy. And then they were going to go into the reasons of why it's super creepy. I didn't, <laughs> and they had some pictures. They had pictures of people just like, you know, crushing giant glasses crushing of milk. Crushing a glass of milk, and which, you know, people grow up doing it. But then as an adult, you're like, is, this is weird, right? <laughs> so a few years ago, like back in 2016, I was in uh, 16, 17. Wait, one of those. I was down in Asheville, North Carolina to go to Cyclocross Nationals. Mm. And a friend of mine, had moved down there and he's like, dude, why don't you come over? Like one of the nights he's like, we come over, we'll, we'll have dinner at his house. And I was like, yeah, cool. Come to your house. We'll have dinner. It'd be great. So we go have dinner. I think we had like pasta and meatballs or something. Pretty standard meal. No big deal. Love pasta and, he and goes, meatballs. That's good. Yeah. He goes, it's bike racing Hey man, you want, you want a glass of milk? And I was like, <laughs> a glass of milk. And he's like, yeah. He's like, you have a glass of milk with pasta. That's really good. And I was like, sounds fucking amazing. Sign me up. <laughs> And so he gets me his big glass of milk, and sh- and it was amazing. It was so good. So <laughs> there's something to it. There's okay. To it. That's not a uh, that's not a meal plan I have uh, practiced, but that, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, me either. And uh, occasionally, when I'm having dinner here with the family, I, I'll have a glass of milk because sometimes. Hey man, sometimes a glass of cold milk is pretty damn good. And also, you, being in Vermont, you don't even have like a jar or a carton of milk. You just go outside and tap the, the cow straight up, right? I do. Yeah, I actually, I just, you know, <laughs> I have right a little. There. I got a straw system. I just hook it right up to the udder, and it's all good. It's all good. Yeah, in Vermont, so. like the sink has hot water, cold water, and milk spigot. You all, they're all right there. Hot water, cold water, milk spigot. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's Ooh, accurate. I just, I just came outside. It is hot out here. What are we, what are we talking? What's what is the temperature? Uh, it's probably like sixty five. <laughs> oh god, it's been in the hundreds <laughs> for months here, my friend, my guy. Well, so that was the that was the big joke. So we were in Idaho, and originally with the with the sales team, we had talked about going to Bentonville, Arkansas, because mm. they have they've made some big investments into. Um, into uh, mountain bike trails there in Bentonville, so it would be fun to go down there, ride the trails, etc. And uh, but then we decided, no, we don't want to go to Bentonville; it'll be too hot, too hot. <laughs> so we decided, so we decided on Idaho. Won't be so hot. We get to Idaho, and on Tuesday when I arrived, it was 105 degrees. Yeah, they had quite a heat wave there, or maybe still do. So, I don't know, but they they did. It was so hot. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, win some, lose some. Yeah, same thing here. <clears throat> Real hot summer, just hoping the grid continues to allow us to have air conditioning. Yeah, what's up with the grid? What's going on there? What's I don't the grid know. Update? Honestly, it's been fine so far. Knock on wood, knocking on my desk. But um, it's, you know, allegedly being pushed to the limits. But I've, I've actually not seen it fail in a summer. It The major fail that we experienced was in the winter. So I don't really know what to make of it, but we had a 107 degree day about a week ago where the heat index was 111. And um, we made it through that day, which I'm sure must have been a huge spike in usage. So I don't know. Like I have no faith in the state of Texas, but 
somehow they usually keep the lights on. So I guess I had to try and have some faith <laughs> or optimism. I mean, it, maybe it, more it, optimism than faith. It's working for the moment, I guess, is the thing, right? Yeah. The, the, the real question is, is you know, if, if these trends continue, you know, what do you do? At some point, the grid has to be fixed or the environment has to be fixed or ideally both, right? I think what you do, what you do is you, you leave. Like, oh, that, that's here. that's a separate. Yeah. <laughs> the long term plan for talk show headquarters is uh, undetermined. But, you know, I did. Also, I didn't I didn't know this. I wasn't suspecting that, or uh, suspecting. I wasn't expecting that Idaho would have uh, a high level of uh, tacos, Mexican food. Really? And why? Well, yeah, I wasn't thinking about the. Um, the agricultural workers that are there. So there's a, there's a lot of farming there. So there's a lot of folks that come up from Mexico and they bring the, bring the food and the culture with them, which is, and they bring, they bring the food. So we were there on, I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. And then we were looking for lunch and there wasn't anything like too appealing near the hotel. So we just, um, we searched for best burrito Boise. <laughs> <laughs> which which led us to El Chavo. Ooh, that sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, so so the the guy who was running the navigating, he goes, "Hey, this place is called El Chavo. It's got 4.7 stars on Google." I said, "Yes, okay, sign me up." So we go we drive <laughs> over to it. It's a food truck in a parking lot. Nice. And I was like, and the one of the guys is like, "Is this the spot?" I was like, "100%, this is the spot." <laughs> that's sure. that's that's a good start. You want food truck? Yeah, so we get their food truck. This is like these two ladies running the food truck, and they had, um, and the other guy was confused because the the taco plate came with five tacos, and he's like, "I don't want five tacos," and I was like, "No, nah, dude, these are street tacos. They're like, <laughs> tiny." <laughs> Come on, how do you not know? Five. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "You need five. Five is a minimum. Minimum five. <laughs> anyway, so we so we get the tacos from El Chavo, and it was like off the charts. It was so good. They had these hot sauces that were like out of this world. It was amazing. That's so, great. Highly recommend. <clears throat> how do you spell this? Do you remember how the second word there is spelled? I think it was just C-H-A-V-O. Yeah, Chavo. nice. If you're out in that area of the world, check it out. Newell. You're in Idaho. Go, Newell. You're already there. Yeah, I don't think – I asked Newell about it. I said, hey, man, have you been to this El Chavo place? He had heard of it. He was aware of it, but I don't think he had been to it. So, nice. Awesome. Oh, what's, for- what's in the bag? I hear a zipper. What, what's in the bag? Oh, sorry. I'm opening. I'm opening my bicycle bag to get my helmet. There we go. And a can of. Uh, I got a can <laughs> of. Uh, so many zippers got, on this bag. It's a lot of zippers. Well, that was the helmet case. I got a. I got a. I got a can here of canned buffalo, and then another can of canned bald eagle, which apparently you can only get in Idaho. <laughs> See, is that like un-American to have a can of bald eagle? I don't know. You ever have you ever eaten bald eagle? No. It, it, is it? I mean, I can't even imagine. It. It's canned, but like, is it pres- like I don't know. I don't even know what question. I don't know. To I'm, ask. Not, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's like preserved. If it's in water, I'm not, I don't really know. Yeah. You let me know how that goes. We'll post some pictures of that to the talk show Instagram. Bring it back from the dead. Yeah, I mean, the, the store I bought it from, like, I don't know if it was so up and up. So, like, it might, maybe it's not even. It's probably well, chicken. Maybe. I mean, it's probably chicken. Probably chicken, right? <laughs> you know what? Let's hope it's chicken. How about that? <laughs> For America's sake, let's hope it's chicken. For America's sake, let's hope it's chicken. So, yeah. You ever, do you see, do you have bald eagles there in, uh, in Austin or no? There are some. <clears throat> I don't typically feel like I see them that often. However, one of our cancer patients is a photographer and there was a bald eagle living somewhere like near the Capitol at one point in Austin. And he documented that he lots and lots of pictures of that uh, bald eagle. So I've seen it by virtue of this gentleman's photography. Well, that sounds cool. Which is very cool. Good, very talented photographer. Nice. All right. So we do have, we do have some, but, uh, you know, I'll cause, take it. Cause Texas, good America, <laughs> America. Um, I was talking. I was talking to somebody, and they were telling me that uh, Alaska has the highest concentration of bald eagles uh, of anywhere, and that like you just see them. They're like pigeons. They're just everywhere. That sounds about right. My uh, brother-in-law, who just moved back to Austin two days ago, 
was the photographer for the Ketchikan Daily News in Ketchikan, Alaska for the last couple of years. <clears throat> Seen lots of pictures of bald eagles that the gentleman has taken. <laughs> and they're beautiful. But yeah, you get the feeling that they're not that hard to find in that part of the world. That's, that's wild. We have a couple here that we see like every so often. Not quite, you know, like pigeons, but regularly. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, so. I think I think we covered it. I think we did all the things. I got a question. Yes. <clears throat> Related to F1. Oh, yeah. Love F1. And do you watch any of this extra F1 content <laughs> where they have they have the drivers like play these like they play these games, like, <laughs> trivia games? I have only seen a moment of that once, I think, and it was very strange. <laughs> it was like one of the drivers having to like kind of like dating game show style guess the preferences of the other driver it was very weird <laughs> um, yeah that's, that's that checks out but um in general i watch the f1 practices qualies and races when i'm around and able to pretty religiously these days but i don't watch much of the before and after like i catch like maybe the podium and then i go on with my day yeah, I don't do much of the before and after, but I've been enjoying watching these like funny, like trivia things. <laughs> and and so last time I watched it, it was like they had to guess the stats of the of their teammate. Uh. So it was like Max and Max and Checo were going back and forth guessing, and um, it was super funny. And then this one, now they're there's just called um, the theme is called higher or lower, and so they show <laughs> they show one driver like I think it was Lewis, and then it was. Um, and it was uh, I'm blanking on his name, the Japanese kid. Um, oh, um, Suki, y- Suki. Y- Yuki Sonoda or Yuki. Yeah. yeah. So they show they showed Hamilton, and then they showed uh, Yuki, and then they said, "Did Yuki do more or less laps in 2001?" And then they just guessed more or less, higher or lower, and then they would go, "Okay." Then they flipped to like another driver, and it was like Seb. And they're like, okay, did Seb do more or less laps than Yuki? And they just keep going through it. It's really funny. <laughs> I would think also, Yuki's laps would be on the lower side because I think he had several crash outs over the last yeah, season for, or two. For sure, for sure, for sure. And then there was like a, a, a famous, well-known hothead. <laughs> yes. And then there was like a curveball in there where they showed some driver that uh, hasn't done any laps yet. So they were like, oh, lower, zero left. That's that's, that's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And then these guys do a lot of laps, though. Like in a season, uh, it was it's like Hamilton was like 1,311 laps or something. This is a lot. (laughs) I wonder if they're counting like qualities and like uh, practice laps or I wonder if those count too. Oh, that's a good. Because they're they're riding. It came across as just just race laps. In race laps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last weekend, Austrian Grand Prix, did you see there was a sprint weekend? So they did two races, really, the sprint race and the regular race. Did you see those races? No, I, mi- I mean, I watched the regular race, but I missed the I missed the sprint. And I didn't actually get to watch the race live. I watched it like later in the day. Yeah, it was it was good. They were both uh, interesting <laughs> races. Some, the, lately, it seems like there's been some parody with some of the teams that were really outclassed earlier in the season. So there's been more wheel to wheel racing and kind of fun passing. It's been, it's been good. I think the last couple of races, there was some great passing last week. I mean, there was some outside move. There was some really good driving. It was super fun, super fun to watch. Yeah. The French grand prix is this coming weekend. And I don't know, I don't really remember much about that course. So it'll be interesting to see who it, uh, favors. I don't really know. Well, and a a guy I work with was telling me that he thinks Hamilton is now going to come on hot for the rest of the season because he was very experimental for the first part of the season now they've got the car dialed in he's coming he's he's been racing very uh shrewdly and making the most out of situations for the last couple races and you almost feel like when you see him in interviews that he seems all hungry again it seems like maybe in the beginning of the year the the car being shitty uh sucked some of the the fire out of him but i i think you can kind of see it coming back he's such a competitive guy when the car wasn't going to work, I think it just was must have been brutal for him to like have to go do the race, knowing you're not really going to be in the front. Of well, the field. Re- I forgot what race it was. There was that one race where he was like in no man's land, but at like in eighth place, and he was ready to drop out. 
Yeah. And he's like, guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting it done. And they're like, what are you talking about? Keep driving. <laughs> Keep driving. And then he got a podium that day. I forget what race that was, but he ended up, I think either, well, either got third or fourth. I, I forget. He was, but. Top, he was top five at that. Yeah. Yeah. He went from like obscurity. He didn't know where he was, but then he was super close at the end. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy can drive he, a car. He was ready to quit. Like it was really <laughs> yeah. funny. So we'll see. I mean, I, I would agree with your friend's assessment. I feel like there's a little bit more fire in them and they've got the car functioning, you know, Certainly not as fast as Ferrari, but it seems like it's going to be in the mix. So that'll be fun to watch the second half of the season. <laughs> Ferrari was Ferrari was crushing uh, yeah. in Austria. They those were just like those cars are so fast, they just can't. It's almost like they've hit a limit where the car doesn't really want to go that fast for that long. <laughs> it yeah, just catches yeah, yeah. on fire. That's kind of a problem. Well, that's right. That was that was saying last weekend, right? Like his car blew up. They didn't blow up, but. Did yeah, you did yeah. you you saw that part of the race though, like in the highlights or whatever when you rewatched it? <clears throat> yeah, doesn't he just drive straight off? Yeah, he drives straight off because he knows that the car is blowing. Like he feels that the car, the engine's gone out. But then the funny, mo- not funny. It was only funny after he got out of the car. But the tense moment was when he pulls up against the safety wall, and you can see that he's thinking about oh, trying. Oh, it catches on fire. It catches on fire, but he can't see the fire at the beginning. So he's right, trying right, to throw right, right. the car in reverse and I think see if he can get back to go to the pit. But he doesn't know that the car is on fire for like about 10, 15 seconds. And then when he realizes yeah, that the yeah, fire's yeah, yeah. really going and he got out and he was fine. But there was a moment where it was like actually kind of scary to watch live because it's like he doesn't know that fire is there. Is he going to get out in time? Right. Because they right, have a couple right, right, pieces right. of the car they have to move to get out. And it was it was a little scary for a minute, but he made it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they got to take off that shroud, like that thing over their shoulders. Yeah. But you could huh. see, like, someone must have been in his radio in his ear because he's trying to throw the car in reverse and someone must have been screaming, it's on fire! Get out! Get out! Yep, 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 yep. Somebody made, so, I was listening to a podcast and somebody made a, a fun observation that i think i didn't really notice as much until someone pointed it out so i'm going to share it with you and it was like you whenever you hear the race radios <laughs> when you re- if you really listen to it the tone in the and the pit wall is always like the pit wall tone it's like time to push time to push max push <laughs> box box you know very like professional but then when they cut to like max for stopping or hamilton there's always like a, a little bit of terror in their voice <laughs> It's like I can't feel the brakes. <laughs> like they're like screaming. <laughs> like they're like when you really listen to it, there is like a like at least ten percent fear in their voice most of the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going two hundred miles you know? an hour in an unpredictable, yeah. like uh, you know, rocket ship of a car. In a toy, they're driving a toy around at two hundred miles an hour. <laughs> it's, it's, so yeah. if they're not, if there isn't like a ten percent of you that's actively a little bit afraid, then you're. You know, I don't know. Maybe something, something's broken. Something's broken, and maybe Max Verstappen's the only guy who really. But you know, you, you get the feeling he's a driving robot. But then when you hear him on the radio, he sounds panicked half the time. Yeah, he always sounds pretty tuned up. Like he's always yelling about, like, you know, the always oh, rich, no fucking grip. You know, he's always like going on about something. The DRS so, won't open. The DRS won't open. It's oh, like, dude, that must have been. I can't even imagine how frustrating that must have been that race. Or he's like, I pressed it a fucking hundred times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, Max, please, and then, Max, please stop pressing the button. Max, please, Max, please stop press, pressing the button. Press the button one time, one time, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was really good. I would never be able to do the pit wall job. You have to be able to stay so calm. You have to make quick decisions, but then you're the calm guy talking to the terrified person on the radio. I feel like that would be tough. My favorite though is when is my favorite part is when they're like, oh, this fuck, you know, whatever, something's broken. There's no grip. This isn't working. Whatever. They're pissed about whatever thing, and the pit wall is like, understood. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, such just, an unsatisfying <laughs> answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh huh. Yep. We hear you. And go fuck yourself. <laughs> so. Leclerc in the last race with a throttle pedal that wasn't working correctly. Apparently, he was like flicking it around with his ankle to try and keep the car driving. <laughs> and, and oh, that was crazy. That yeah. I, that had me a little concerned because he was it was getting stuck. Yeah, and I was just like, um, I don't know, like, Jesus. Yeah, so. it was pointed out on the commentary that the FIA might not have wanted that being broadcast <laughs> that he was driving a yeah. car that was actively malfunctioning right 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 and i wonder if it had if it was 
if it was earlier in the race, I wonder if they would have forced him out. Fla- yeah, flagged him for something or who knows. I mean, I, I yeah. thought of you uh, when you were telling your story earlier about the break line. It made me think of a few weeks ago when the F1 uh, pit crew uh, duct taped the guy's ring, uh, the wing of the car together. Did oh, the you, DRS. Did, they were like, yeah, yeah. it's fine. Speed, speed tape. Speed Just, tape. Yeah, that was a classic moment. That is like a, the F1 equivalent of the pliers on the on the brake line. Right. They're just like, yeah, we'll just tape it. It's good. <laughs> this will work at 200 miles an hour. Who cares? I mean, it seemed, you know, it seemed to get the job done. It, it did work. I mean, I think a lot of people ridiculed it, but it worked. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only, yeah. Yep. 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 So all good. All, all good. good. All right, sir. We did it. It's Sunday. It's time to go do family stuff. The talk show is back. Summer school edition. I'm going to, I'm going to hold my breath that the episode doesn't get lost. <laughs> it, it's been ticking along happily recording as nearly as I can tell. Uh, so with a little luck, this will plop into everybody's feed and j- be jarring to them to see the logo pop onto their <laughs> iPhone yeah, screen. They're going to wait, wait a second. What is this? You know what we should do next in the future when we're, when we're short on episodes, just like, uh, just reissue an old episode. I've thought about doing that before. <laughs> I, I, I Somewhere in the archive on my laptop, I have an attempted record we did once where I was too sick and I just coughed through the entire episode we had. <laughs> oh, I don't, even, I don't even mean that. Just take like, ep- just take episode nine and, and just put it out again. I mean, the numbering yeah. system's already confounding. So like nobody That's really I mean. can follow the sequence. And then you can just say, it, you know, it was remastered or it was... Uh, <laughs> remastered and we'll just we'll stick like one joke in there we'll like like actually edit the file to drop in one dad joke that you didn't tell on the original version oh hey speaking of oh do you do you, do you know why uh do you know why you never see elephants hiding in trees <laughs> no why because they're really good at hiding what <laughs> <laughs> oh because oh, they're just so good at it i was waiting for the punchline but it it was hiding right behind me that's right it was it was right there it was so good you couldn't see it do you know adam this relates to recent travel of yours but do you know how to tell which potato is the prostitute (laughs) no (laughs) it's the one with the sign that says idaho oh my god (laughs) Wow. That's, yeah, dark. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow. That one's for Newell. He can have that one. A gift to him. Newell! Got to, yeah, go, his go name to his Instagram, check out his, uh, his arm. He crashed his bike. He's all cut up. Today? I mean, he crashed it the other day. But. Oh, man. All right. Well, get well soon, Matt Newell. We're going to wrap it up here, Adam. We did it. We did it. Summer school. Everyone. Uh, have a blessed, blessed day. This podcast has ended. Let us go in peace. <laughs> you got a rim shot Nailed on that it. one. Nailed that it. That was good. That was good. Nailed it. Have a lovely Sunday, right. my friend. Talk to you soon. You too. See ya. Bye. It's different.